Guys, I got Matt Buller on here. This is a this is a for season three. This is a, a whammer. This is a home run hit. I'm glad I got him on here. This means a lot. He's a former champion of the Houston Rockets of uh, the two peat uh, trial, and um, season three starts off with a bang. And Matt, I want to thank you for coming on here, man. Oh man, I'm uh, I'm excited to be talking about hoops. I know uh, right now when we're talking, uh, things in Houston aren't aren't so good, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people without power, a lot of people without water, it's a dangerous situation. But uh, to be able to spend some time here talking uh, Rockets basketball with you is a pretty good distraction. And, uh, and uh, hopefully everyone who's listened to this, you're able to stay safe and, uh, and stay warm. Yeah, that's the goal. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I lost power, I think, yesterday. Um, we had power since Sunday. Well, you know, power in general. And then ours cut off. Like my sister-in-law, uh, cousin-in-law, and my sister came came. I came to our apartment because we had all the power. And then eventually, we went out of power at one o'clock in the, almost one o'clock in the morning on I think what Tuesday morning. And it was like, dang! So we all were piled up at our grandma's house at my at my wife's grandma's house, and we're trying to figure we're trying to figure things out. And so out of nowhere, we go to my friend's house on the north side of Houston uh, near Channelview. Um, he has, uh, as soon as we get to his doorstep, because we've, we're, we're finna hang out with him. My, my child is at my grandma-in-law's house. So we're, 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 we're showing up in his house. As soon as we, show, as soon as we knock on his door, the, the lights cut off. And we're like, wow, man. He's like, mm. no, this power just went out. I was like, wow. Mm. So we come, we leave. Their power comes back on at 10 o'clock. They get a hotel. We come back. We, we, we come back, check on our apartment. Lights are on. And I guess lights are on permanently. But it sucks, though, hearing about other folks losing power. I got family who didn't have power since Sunday. People are freezing. And my heart goes to the guy. I don't know. Did you hear, did, did you hear Gerald Green's uh, 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 whole feud on yep. Instagram? I, I sure did. And, uh, and I would like to say that Gerald Green is a great Houstonian. And I think... Uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that we see when uh, when Houston goes through these national natural disasters that, uh, you know, Houston, man, we got we got some good people in this in this uh, city and we pull together and we, we help each other out. And, uh, you know, and it's uh, it's just, you know, I just wish that it wasn't like this, but there are a lot of great Houstonians, you know, Trey, the truth has been out there doing yes. a lot of good stuff. And and uh, and so I just, you know it really warms my heart to know that there's so many good people in Houston and, and to see people struggling, it, it really hurts. But, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, that I learned, you know, I moved to Houston in 1990. I've lived over half my life here in Houston. I, I think of myself as a Houstonian, even though I wasn't born here, but, but that's one of the things that, you know, that I learned very early is that, uh, you know, when we won that championship in 94 and, uh, and Houstonians poured out into the streets, uh, you know, Richmond Avenue was a, was a huge party. Man, I'll tell you what, I learned very quickly that, uh, you know, Houston, we, we got some good people. We know how to celebrate championships. Oh, Everybody's out in the street hugging each other. Uh, you know, thinking back to those great memories uh, really helps get us through these, uh, these tough times for sure. Oh, uh, Matt, we, we were so close about three years ago, pouring into the streets again. We were so close. I mean, it was good to see the Astros win one in twenty seventeen, but man, everybody, everybody in Houston wants to see the Houston Rockets win a championship. That's all we care about. Is this? I mean, so, Texans, so, so how old were you? How old were you in ninety four when we won the first championship? How old were you? You ready to hear for it? I'm ready. I was just born. 
Oh my God! So you need a new, you need another championship because you're, oh, you're not old enough to remember, man. Yeah, I was, That's I was just born in December, and uh, yeah, y'all were actually going on y'all second one. The second one. Yep. Yep. The two peat. I was going. I was live for that one, but I, I had no idea what was going on. I was at the age, of probably two or three, where I was saying Michael. I was saying Michael Jordan's name wrong. I don't know what I was saying, but I was <laughs> saying his name terribly wrong. But man, it was incredible, and I'm. I, I'm glad I see the Ashes win the World Series. I've seen us go to the World Series twice. I was alive for those, of course. I was 11 years old when they went to their first one. Um, it sucked to lose the White Sox. And then we go on, we beat um, the Dodgers. And then we got close to, we didn't go back to the World Series against the, um, against the Nationals, lose in game seven, which was incredible. Then we go back, we, we, we get extremely close again. We come back from down, from down 3-0, seven games against the Rays. Don't get chance to go back after the whole cheating cheating scandal. We're still running, but man, it, it was incredible to be. It's incredible to be Houstonian. Uh, it definitely, sadly, as a Texan fan, I'm still waiting for that. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, you might be waiting for a while on that. So, what, uh, when was the what, when was the first uh, f- first time you started becoming like a Rockets fan? Like, what what's your first uh, the Rockets team that you first started watching? What's that team? I got NBA. I, my, my first video game I had was NBA Live. So, I would say Steve Francis. 03, 04, when we got into yep. the center. I remember going to a game, the old stadium y'all played in, where y'all won two championships at, uh, Joe Asian's Church. The, uh, the Summit. That. Yeah, that yep, one. the Summit. So the Summit was, uh, I seen my first game against the Spurs, and we had bleacher seats, and we got blown out. <laughs> mm. Tim Duncan, this is when Tim Duncan was in the league. When his, like, his first three, four, four. I think after the deal, when he couldn't get it closed, I don't know. This is when thing Pippen was still, I don't know, but it was in the era with Charles Barkley, I guess. And we didn't, Yep. we didn't, uh, you know, and we were I was yeah, late, late 90s. Yeah, we, late 90s. And we had, uh, we had the dream and Clyde and, yeah. and Barkley and, and then, and then Clyde retired. We yeah. brought in Scotty Pippen for a year mm-hmm. and, uh, and we had some great vets too. We had Kevin Willis and wow. Eddie Johnson and, and yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was some great times, man. Those teams were so fun to play with. Uh, you know, Charles Barkley coming into the locker room every single day was something funny to talk about, man. He was, I really enjoyed being a, a teammate of, of Barkley because he was just made everything uh, so fun every day. And, you know, Rudy was still, was still coaching at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, uh, and that was uh, when Rudy was really, you know, Rudy really had it figured out, you know, really, he really knew what he was doing. We had a veteran team and uh, in 98, if uh, John Stockton wouldn't have hit that three, to knock us out of the Western Conference Finals, we would have we would have beaten the Bulls that year for another championship for sure. I know it for a fact. And uh, and and man, what a heartbreaker that uh, you know that uh, when when Carl Malone set that screen on Clyde Drexler and basically bear hugged Clyde, wow. and Charles Barkley didn't switch out onto John Stockton like he was supposed to, and Stockton hit that three. Come on, Chuck, man, you got to switch, <laughs> you know. Wow, so that's crazy! It, it all it all comes down, man, to just one play, and we were so close, uh, winning it there in the in '98. But uh, but yeah, and then you think about you know the the Houston Rockets with the uh, mm-hmm. with the Steve Francis era, and then you go to the Yao and T Mac era, and Rockets you know had a chance to be uh, a champions with Yao and T Mac, but but those guys just couldn't stay healthy together, you know. Yeah, I fell in love <laughs> with the Rockets when when Trace. I actually fell in. I actually fell in love with the Rockets when Trace McGrady came to Houston. Uh, I'll never forget. I had like I had at least three jerseys of T Mac. I had 
the fake one. Then I had a, then I had the actual ones, the game, the authentic ones, two authentic ones, a white. That one got a little too small. Got the red one. So and then I actually and then after you know after the, the, the tough years of being a Rockets fan, I was still a Rockets fan in junior high, but. I started falling in love with, uh, with with LeBron James. I'm sorry. <laughs> it started. LeBron no, was no, just no. the guy. I, I totally understand. LeBron is legit. <laughs> oh man, LeBron was the guy. Like it was the Rockets and him. And but I was a Rockets fan throughout the whole high school when we had Chase Budinger and Chandler Parsons and that era. And then we had, uh, of course, Kevin McHale. And then uh, I just I remember that era. Vividly, I remember the game where I was cheering for us. This was, uh, I think, my junior year of high school, and this one, this one, Kobe Bryant was playing, and rest his soul. And I never forget, it was. I don't even remember this game. You, I think you were announcing this game. You had to be announcing this game, and this is when I guess Chase Budinger. This was right before the James Harden era just started. This is okay. the year we beat Thunder with James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. And I remember Kobe Bryant had had the ball at the top of the key. It was like. Five seconds left. I mean, oh no, probably fifteen seconds left. And you know, it's everybody was scared when Kobe Bryant. You know, when he even when he dribbles the ball, he has anytime he has a last shot, it's terrifying. And he put he he did he did, he did a little flip between his legs a couple of times. He missed it. I remember jumping up and down like I was like we beat Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. I mean, beating Kobe Bryant and the Lakers was so pivotal in my childhood. And of course, like and it sucked, but it sucked, but we couldn't meet the Jazz with T Mac and Yao. And I think I believe that year. If we would have had Ron Artest, T Mac, Yao, everybody together, healthy, yep. I yep. think we'd have beat the Lakers. Honestly, yep. that's my opinion. And I, I, I always say that to folks, folks like, you know, Zach, you're a Rockets fan, you're crazy. Like, bro, no, we were loaded. Like, I mean, don't, I'm not taking up from that Lakers team. That Lakers team was good. Like, they were really good. Like, you got Paul Gasol, you got Andrew Bynum, you had Trevor Reese, I think. No, probably, no, that was his first year. Trevor Reese was on that team. And you had, I guess, you had Derek Fisher, Kobe. And you had some good pieces. And then you had Lamar Odom. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But our team was loaded from top. When you can have a guy who is short as almost 5'9", 5'10", come up your bench and light it up. And then you have Vaughn Wafer. I mean, we had a good team. We actually had a good team that year. Yeah, and it shows you how cl- how hard it is to win a championship. You know, like you got to have – you got to stay healthy. You got to have – you got to have a legit team where every mm-hmm. single guy on your roster fits – his role perfectly. You got to have good coaching. You got to have some luck. Uh, you know, you got to have some good officiating. It, it's really hard to win a championship in the NBA. And that's, you know, you know, just thinking back all the way back to 94, uh, first Rockets championship. And then you come all the way, you know, now to 2021 and, and we haven't won one since we just haven't had the right, uh, you know, the stars just haven't aligned for us. And it's, uh, you know, it's been frustrating. So I feel for you, you know, as a, uh, you know, you're uh, maybe a generation younger than me or maybe two generations, but it doesn't matter. You know, you, you still need to, to feel that championship uh, swag. And uh, we just haven't been able to get it, put it together. And and so, uh, and, and, you know, now the Rockets are sort of in a rebuild situation. You know, where the James Harden era ends. And uh, so tell me what's your what's your uh, what's your take on on uh, James Harden wanting out of Houston and going on to the Nets? Was it what's your take on that? My take on that was. Honestly, before we got into this whole debacle uh, feud and phase, I was, you know, I was okay with James leaving. Yeah, you want to get a championship, you deserve it, man. You were here for eight years. I mean, you deserve. I mean, you you gave it your all. I mean, there was a couple of years where I felt like, I mean, that I'll never forget. This is the most. This is the most pissed off I ever been at James Harden was against the Spurs. 
in the second round in 2017. We're in the playoffs, and this man only scores 13 points. I was livid. And I mean, I found out there were reports of him hanging out at a nightclub. Then he goes out again. I'm like, would you ever care about the city? So I was, I was, I was livid. I was like, am I done being a Rockets fan? Like, what am I going to do? And so we get Chris Paul and then we get so close of winning a championship. It was so close, but James, um, he gave us eight good eight years. And I felt like, you know, it's time. I think he deserves to win a championship. I mean, if he feels like he has to leave, but then we decided to play the game. Everybody was like, you know what? We can't give up James for just pennies on a dollar. We can't do that. So we had to keep him. And so he, I think he understood that. And so while James was here, I mean, of course he was late from Vegas. That was disrespectful as well. It was, just, it was disrespectful from the Vegas incident all the way to the game, all the way to the NBA Patriots game. I mean, we could have won. We could have probably won. If if James if James was traded, we probably we probably wouldn't be in this situation right now. But if he played the way he played, he he, he usually plays. We would we would actually be way over five hundred right now, and we would actually be a playoff team again. But now James Harden causes whole debacle. I kind of lost some respect from him because this is why we're in the situation we're in now. You know, Kristen Wood, we have him here, and I mean, we could be a playoff team right now if James would just played his role, but. I feel like James knew in the back of his head, like he said in a review with, with Rachel Nichols. He says if I, he says they knew where I, they knew where I stood, they knew where I wanted to go. I mean, thank thank them. But it's like if James Harden would have played, if James Harden played the usual basketball, do you think if he played his basketball he usually played over the last eight years, and then especially the last three years, do you think the Houston Rockets would have traded him? Do you think do you think Stone would have traded him? No, I mean, I mean, just kind of rewind it back to just think about that team you mentioned with uh, with James Harden, Chris Paul, and Clint Capella, right? Mm-hmm. And and the Rockets uh, come one hamstring strain away from winning another championship, right? Gosh. What if the Rockets kept that team together? What if the Rockets still in 2021 had James Harden, Chris yeah. Paul, yeah. and Clint Capella, right? Because yeah. Chris Paul is is balling out in Phoenix right now. Yeah, you know he uh, he he switched to a to a, a vegan diet, which I have as well. I watched the, wow. I watched the documentary that Chris Paul put out uh, game changer and, uh, and Chris Paul went vegan and, uh, and it's extended his career. I've, I've gone to vegan. I, my body feels way better. I, I totally recommend you watching that documentary, but you know, moving on uh, Clint Capella, just think about what, what Clint Capella is doing in Atlanta. I mean, he's, he's balling in Atlanta right now. If Rockets still have those three guys and the right pieces around them. You know, you got to bring in some shooters. Uh, you know, that's what the, that's why the Rockets won championships in 94, 95, because we had Robert Ory shooting threes. We had Mario Ellie shooting threes. We had Vernon Maxwell shooting threes. We had me shooting threes. Uh, you got to have shooters that can they can make those threes around your superstars. So, you know, it just shows you how close the Rockets came that year with Chris Paul. And if the Rockets would have been able to keep that team together, uh, we'd be in a lot different spot than we are right now for sure. I think if if Daryl Morey would have had more of a, a foot down in the organization, or more like if he was able to just get Chris Paul and James Harden in the same room and just talk to those guys and see what was going on. And the reports, I don't know if they're true or not, they're talking about how James was upset with Chris and he's like, man, I'm tired of you always talking. Like, I mean, there's reports where Chris would call play, James be in the backcourt and he didn't want to run it. And I'm like – Folks were saying it was he was more of a it'd be wherever he's less of a decoy for the offense or more of a decoy for the offense in those in those, in, in those type of situations right there. 
But in general, it's like when we found out the truth and Chris Paul was actually calling plays, like when you actually had a point guard and that the Rockets actually have a point guard in this rebuild era, and it's kind of crazy. And so we actually have a point guard in John Wall that actually can play basketball, and he's really good after his two years of Achilles. And it sucks for John to come into this, this era of losing again, but I don't – I want to see what Christian Wood looks like. I want to see what type of push we make. But I don't think Christian Wood – he won't be ready till probably mid-March. I mean, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he's ready for the next game. But uh, we'll see. But and and the the whole thing is just is this season's frustrating. But when James left us the way we are, he left us he left us in crumbles. And it's like yep. we we go on a six hour streak. Of course, yeah. And then Christian Wood goes over an ankle injury. But the whole season we've been playing from behind when we could be playing in front. And Coach Silas is a great coach. I mean, he's a nice guy. I've talked to him a bunch. He's super nice. He's a smart guy. He he's it sucks for him too as well. He has to play with a bad hand of poker, and that sucks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's exactly that's a that's a good way to put it. And I, I'll tell you all the way back my last year in the NBA as a player, well, I was with the Charlotte Hornets, mm-hmm. and that was two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And and Stephen Silas was a that was his first year as an assistant coach mm-hmm. in Charlotte. His dad, Paul Silas, was the head coach. So uh, I actually have known Stephen since he was a uh, you know he was like twenty seven years old. He was a young guy just getting his start in the NBA, and uh, I was just finishing my my career as a player. So I've known Stephen for 20 years and, and, and your, your take on him is right. He's a great guy. Like one of the best guys you'll ever, you'll ever know. One of the greatest guys you'll ever be around. He's got a great heart. He's super smart, but he's paid his dues in the NBA too. Like he's coached all over the NBA Coached with some great coaches, learned a lot of stuff, you know, while he was uh, paying his dues. And now as a head coach with the Rockets, he deserves that chance. You know, he deserves to be a head coach in the NBA. But like you say, he's been dealt a terrible hand, which is injuries and and COVID, you know, guys being out with COVID. And yeah. and uh, and man, what a I, I just feel so bad for him because, you know, he he wanted to come in and make a big splash. And he thought he was going to be coaching James Harden and and Russell Westbrook and, you know, uh, competing for a championship. And then everything just fell apart. So, you know, I, I feel bad for Stephen, but he's a guy that can handle it. He's been around. He knows he's resilient. He knows that the NBA is a tough a tough business. It's a tough league. And, and so he'll definitely get it uh, straightened out, but man, like you say, the Rockets got to get some guys healthy. And, and I think now with this season, the way it is, it's a shortened season, 72 games uh, in the middle of a pandemic still, uh, you know, that uh, it might be a season for the Rockets to sort of just to say, you know what, we're going to rebuild this year. We're going to let our, get our guys healthy. We, we know we've got a strong core of John wall. Uh, we got Christian wood, Eric Gordon's having a gr- maybe the best season of his career, you know. Yes, great season. Uh, yep, and and you got some really good young players. You got Nawaba and Tate, and Sterling Brown has been good. So mm. Rockets got a re- lot of really good pieces, but just haven't been able to put it all on the floor at the same time. And uh, and so maybe this is the year where you you know, hey, we're going to get everybody healthy. We're gonna we're not going to worry about uh, if we're winning or losing games. We're just going to get our stuff organized, and then next year we're going to be ready to roll. I, I, I have to say this trades do have to be done, but I do like, I want to see David. I want to, I want David Nwaba to stay. I do want to see Southern Brown stay. I'm ready for the Rockets to call. Uh, I'm ready for the Rockets to call Kevin Porter. And I wonder how they're going to acclimate him to the offense, acclimate him, acclimate him to the, uh, to the rotation as well. Like where are they going to put Kevin Porter at? Like, what would you do with Kevin Porter? Like, is he, who are you, who are you willing to trade? Who are you willing to, you know, lose minutes for and put him in the starting rotation? Cause he's a, 
he's a he's a uh, looking at him in the G League right now. I think he could be a franchise player with the Rockets in the future. And everybody want to call him James Harden S. Um, James Harden ish. I mean James Harden ish. I mean yeah, you can you can see it. I mean a little step back and a little crossover. And years ago, a couple of years ago, James Harden said no no no. He said Porter said that. I mean, I used to look up to James Harden in a way. Like, he had a whole interview talking about, you know, I, I admire James when I went, before I got into the league. I, that, was, that was the guy I looked up to. So, you can see his game is right behind James. So, it's like, when, what are they going to do with Kevin Porter, in your opinion? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, and I like that he's down in the G League right now just getting, getting serious minutes, you know, being the man on the team. And, mm-hmm. and I, I go back to my experience. Uh, you know, I was on the Rockets, I was on the Rockets for four years. Uh, 90 to 94, won a championship with them. And then the following year, uh, I was expecting a big pay raise, right? And mm-hmm. the Rockets were expected to not give me a big pay raise. And they went with uh, Pete Chilcutt instead and paid him a minimum salary. So they wanted to save money at my spot. So that year, I ended up going over to Greece and playing professionally for a team named Pauk over in the Greek League. Mm-hmm. And so that was a chance for me to go to a, a you know a lower league than the NBA and be the man on the team. You know, I was doing everything. I was scoring. I was rebounding. I was dunking. I knocked a lot of rust off my game, being able to play, you know, the whole game. And that's what Kevin Porter Jr. is doing right now. Uh, you know, Kevin Porter is knocking a bunch of rust off his game in the G League so that when the G League bubble is over with, he's going to be in rhythm, in shape, ready to go for the Rockets. And so that'll be when, when he gets integrated into this new Rockets uh, uh, lineup. That's when we're really going to see what he's got because he's going to be he's going to be rolling from the stuff that he's done in the G League. So I'm excited to see what what he what he is going to do, and I, I hope they keep him down there for the whole bubble because, you know, this is one of those seasons where the Rockets aren't going to be competing for a championship. Yeah. So let him get his rhythm, and then bring him up to the big league. And he's ready. You know, he's he's an NBA player for sure. But there is a big difference between the speed of the game in the NBA and the speed of the game in the G League. You know, mm-hmm. so. When he comes up, he'll be in shape, in rhythm, ready to go. But but the NBA game is a lot better than the G League game. Uh, we're, 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 and now we're almost done. This has been a great podcast. But uh, to, to, to suck around Kevin Porter, um, dang, I was going to ask you another question. This is this is, this is is a really good podcast. Uh, I mean, with the whole – oh, yeah, just to let you know, the, the Mavs-Rockets game was postponed. I just had to let you know. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, just let you know, yep. it's, it's a postponed for tomorrow. So I, I figured it was because the whole lighting situation in Toyota, and they probably want to—they probably want to give all the lights from Toyota to somebody else, I guess, for right now. But well, uh, it'd be nice to give to some of the people in Houston that don't have electricity. They certainly need it. Exactly. <laughs> oh my exactly. goodness. Take it, take it, take them Toyota, I guess. And right now we're not doing so hot, but oh yeah, uh, I think John Wall would have been a perfect point guard for James Harden, I, and this is my opinion. Like I think. I like him better than Russ because he's an actual point guard and he actually can score and he's efficient. Like James, like John Wall has been so efficient this season, even though we're losing a ton of games, he's been so efficient. And it's, it's, it's disrespectful to see Alex Caruso on that, on the all-star voting, uh, on the all-star voting list instead of him. And I'm like, no doubt. <laughs> like, I swear. I was like, Alex Caruso's on here. Like, was he averaging like eight points a game? I mean, yeah, it's good, but John Wall should be at least eight for seven on that list right now because he's having a phenomenal season, in my opinion. After two years, after two years of delay from a from an Achilles injury, so I mean, it's incredible to see what John's doing, and I'm just amazed. And like he's a he's a great guy too. I mean, talking to him, he's a nice guy. He loves talking. I feel I feel for his loss with his mother and the things he's been through, the trade and all that. 
but he's just a great person in general. Like we have a lot of great guys on this team. And, and even though it sucks to see us be 11-17, I mean, that lottery pick going to be nice. And what do you think the guys are going to do, you know, your take on John Wall, uh, the lottery pick, and who would you like? And we'll close it out real soon. Like I like Cade Cunningham, yeah. in my opinion, but who knows? It's me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on John Wall. John Wall has been around the NBA now uh, over 10 years, and, mm-hmm. and he's still playing at, the, at his highest level, you know. So that's what's impressive is what I learned when I was, you know, I played 11 years in the league, mm-hmm. and as I got older, I got smarter. You know, I learned so much more. The experience that I got mm-hmm. uh, being a vet, knowing how to play at a high level with less energy, knowing how to take care of your body and be ready for every single game, that's where John Wall is at right now. Like he is a legit pro. He can teach other young players how to be a pro and he's still playing just as good as he's always played. Right. So Rockets have a, a great point guard and a great centerpiece in John Wall and the guys around him really benefit because like you say, he's a legit point guard. He knows how to play the point guard spot, spread the ball around, get his own shots too. And so I think the Rockets have the, have the bones. <clears throat> Their roster has the bones of, of being able to plug in these young guys like Christian Wood and Kevin Porter and, and all that and, and be a, a really good team. So I, I have a lot of hope, uh, a lot of excitement for the future of this Rockets team. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's fun to watch because the Rockets are full of, uh, full of guys right now that have something to prove, you know, like everybody on the Rockets right now, they want to be there. They want to play hard every night. You see, you see times when the Rockets get down by 20 points, they don't quit. They don't give up. They keep fighting and having that mentality. You know, the championship era, we had Vernon Maxwell and Mario Ellie. Those two guys are junkyard dogs. You know, like they are not going to quit. They're not going to back down. Vernon Maxwell never backed down from Michael Jordan. Mario Ellie never backed down from anybody. And those are the kind of guys you want on your squad. And the Rockets, current Rockets team is full of guys like that. So it's fun for me to call the games because I know these guys are really playing hard. They're giving their best. They're giving 100% effort. Their hearts are, are pure and true. And so it really is, even though the Rockets aren't winning many games, it really is fun to watch this team. Yeah, in my opinion, to talk about the whole championship, I think we should have six championships and, and we should have six banners hanging up in Toyota, in my opinion. That's how I think. That's hypothetical. I mean, yeah, but I think we should have six championships hanging up in Toyota Center. That's my opinion only. But uh, to, to close it out, uh, give us your GOAT. In your opinion, you've been you've been playing basketball forever. You've been watching it forever. You know it. Who's your goat? And then please tell us to close it out the podcast. How would this? I know the Rockets could have beat the Bulls, the '98 Bulls, whatever Bulls team it would have been. It, when Jordan came back from baseball, I know for a fact we would have beat y'all. I mean, I mean, I know for a fact we would have beat the Bulls. And yep. tell them how you would beat the Bulls in a strategy from 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 Rudy's. From Rudy's point of view and your point of view, of course, and our wide runs point of view, and then your go. All right. So uh, in the early nineties, mm-hmm. from, from the, the five years before the Rockets first championship in 94, we played the bulls 10 times. Mm-hmm. The Rockets were nine and one against Michael Jordan's bulls in wow. that, in that time. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was because we had Vernon Maxwell who would guard Michael Jordan. And you can't, you can't shut down, you know, Michael Jordan, you're not going to shut him down. But Vernon didn't back down for Michael Jordan. You know, like Michael Jordan's probably the most competitive dude to ever play this game, like almost like insane competitiveness, you know. But Vernon Maxwell's right there with him with that insane competitiveness. And so Mad Max was not going to back down from MJ. He was going to make MJ earn it every single time down the floor. And on the other hand, 
Akeem Olajuwon was destroying Bill Cartwright. The Chicago Bulls had nobody to guard the dream. And that's why we that's why we were nine and one against the Bulls those five years before the first championship. So had the Rockets met, met the Bulls in the in the finals, we would have beat them for sure because we had the formula to beat the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now going to the greatest of all time, I think everybody probably considers Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. But I'm going to just t- give you a little history lesson now. Back in the 60s, when Will Chamberlain was the GOAT, the game was a lot different back then than it was in the 80s and 90s when Michael Jordan was playing. Back mm-hmm. when Will Chamberlain was playing, uh, there was no the, the defense was all man-to-man. There was no doubling. There was no switching. It was just you guard your man, and there was 130 possessions per game. So the game was played very fast. Uh, in the 90s, when I was playing with the Rockets and we won championships, there was 95 possessions per game. So it was much slower. It was much more uh, physical. So when Michael Jordan was at his best, he was playing in a much slower game, much more physical. You think about the Detroit Pistons bad boys just beating up Michael Jordan every single time they played. And then you come into today's era where teams are averaging about 105 possessions per game. So the current game is faster than what it was in the nineties and eighties, but it wasn't as fast as when Wilt was playing, you know? So you got Wilt and Oscar Robertson uh, were the greatest of their eras. And then you get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the all-time leading scorer in the NBA uh, all time. He was the greatest in his era. And then you bring in Magic and Bird and they were great in their era. And then Michael Jordan uh, probably at, at at his time is considered the greatest of all time. And now you got LeBron James Who's, who's been uh, in the league for 18 years, who's played in a couple different styles, right? Remember when LeBron was starting, the game was slow, and now the game is much faster now when LeBron is still at his peak. And so to me, it's hard to say who's the greatest of all time because the different eras of the game are so different. Just think about if Will Chamberlain was growing up today, right? And he, was, and he had the training, uh, the kind of training that these guys have now, even just wearing the modern shoes, you know, when Wilt was playing, he was wearing the Chuck Taylors, right? Yeah. And so if he was wearing the, the modern LeBron shoes or the Kobe shoes, just that alone would make Wilt better. So I think you could put any of the greats from any of the eras. If you had them grow up in today's game, they would be mm-hmm. uh, greats in this game too. Uh, you know, if LeBron was back in the 60s and he was playing with Wilt, LeBron would be, you know, great just like he is now. So it's really hard to compare eras, but I'm going to say – right now that I'm putting LeBron James as the greatest of all time. I'm putting him ahead of Michael Jordan. Wow. Because of the longevity. LeBron has been playing for 18 years and he is still at his peak right now. And so the fact that LeBron has been able to do it for so long, that's what puts him over the top of Michael Jordan, in my opinion, because LeBron, you know, Michael Jordan was dominant. He was scoring uh, a dominant score, but he didn't rebound like LeBron. Wow. He didn't pass like LeBron. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys were, were, are, are great defenders, right? Yeah. But uh, LeBron's just a bigger body. I mean, at 6'8", you know, whatever he is, 265. And, and he's, like, he's like Carl Malone out there, except for he's doing everything, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, right now, I'm going to say it on your podcast, LeBron James is the greatest of all time. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, and here's my take uh, last you know, it's funny. Kevin Garnett actually mentioned, he said guys from 20 years 
who played with me 20 years from like in the, in the past, like and when he was playing basketball, Kevin Garnett was playing basketball 20 years ago. His guys from 20 years ago could not play in today's basketball game. And funny thing about it, uh, I was, I went to Lone Star to get my associates and um, in, uh, in Kingwood. And I met this, this gym teacher. He's about, he was huge. He's probably your height, man. I don't know. He was like 6'10", 6'11". He, he ref he Shaq and he told people, he was like, man, this guy's going to be an NBA player. And then before that, he's like, man, I played against Will Chamberlain. He goes, man, Will Chamberlain could reach from the free throw line all the way to the goal. And it's mm-hmm. crazy how much people from the past give Will Chamberlain so much credit. And yeah, Will Chamberlain should be in somebody's top five. He honestly should. You know, people will say Magic. People will say Kareem, Jordan, Kobe. Uh, even uh, what's a guy? What's a guy people will say <laughs> too as well? Um, probably... Uh, I don't know. A watch, a one. Like people say, the watch one is probably the best power for all time, including Tim Duncan. So yeah, that's that, that's it. But man, Matt, this has been a great podcast, man. I want to thank you for coming on and taking time out your day during this tough time during the pandemic. Lights being out, it means a lot, man. Yeah, you're welcome, man. I really enjoyed it. Let's do it again sometime soon. And stay safe, man. Please, hey, I, hey, um, I will, I will definitely introduce myself when we come back into when we go back to Toyota. I can't wait to, to, to see you in person. I can't wait to see everybody in person. You know, all the, all the Houstonians, all the Rockets fans, I cannot wait until we can meet in person again someday. That sounds awesome, man. Man, you take care, all right, man? All right, thanks. You too. Amen.